two Barclays analysts. One hot topic, all sides explored. This is The Flip Side. The Flip Side is a podcast series featuring lively debate between two Barclays research analysts, taking opposing viewpoints on timely topics of importance to economies and businesses around the globe. Welcome to The Flip Side. My name is Jeff Melley, and I'm the head of research at Barclays. With me today is Ajay Rajadox, our global chairman of research. Thanks for joining me, Ajay. Good to be back here, Jeff. All right, today we're going to talk about the recent market turmoil in the United Kingdom. The yields on UK government bonds, which are known as gilts, have risen sharply, and the pound, which is their currency, has fallen. It's hit lows against the dollar that we haven't seen for decades. I think you could make a case that this has been one of the most tumultuous periods ever for UK financial markets. Well, Jeff, even with that, I would say, if anything, you are understating the magnitude of the volatility. The interest rate on five-year gilts, for example, rose half a percent in just one day. That's an unprecedented move. And then it happened again the next day. It's been four decades since the pound was this low against the dollar. And there are aftershocks in the rest of the UK, like the equity market. Their main index, the FTSE, is underperforming global equities. And, and in some ways, it's probably leading other financial assets lower. Right, so the question is, what is the source of all of this volatility? Look, I'm sorry to say, Jeff, but I think the answer is pretty obvious. The market is reacting to a series of policy proposals announced in the new chancellor's mini-budget. The tax cuts in particular are causing concern. Investors are questioning the United Kingdom's fiscal sustainability and the government's credibility. The policy proposals are a convenient scapegoat, Ajay. There's no denying the coincident timing of the volatility with the proposals. But I think these proposals themselves and the volatility that we're experiencing are really both a reaction to some very difficult underlying economic circumstances in the UK and frankly, in the rest of Europe as well. Um, they're experiencing something here that is almost unsolvable and something has to give. So it's not clear to me that alternative responses would be any better in the long run or even necessarily lead to lower volatility. Well, let me at least start with the recent proposals. First, the United Kingdom announced a major energy cost subsidization program. Consumers' energy bills will be capped to try to buffer against the massive increase in energy costs that, yes, are obviously linked to the war in Ukraine. Indeed, and we know here in the U.S., for example, there are massive repercussions when gas prices rise. We saw some of that over the summer when gas got over $5 a gallon. But that is nothing compared to the rise in energy prices in the U.K., Without this subsidy, businesses and households were facing energy costs that were going to be four or five times as high as they were one year ago. Natural gas prices are over six times what we pay here in the United States. These higher energy costs have been a huge driver of inflation in the UK, which is now hovering near 10%. Yes, but the key is that this subsidy will be funded with new government bond issuance. The energy costs are what they are, like you said, but it's just that the government was going to pick up part of the tab. but then. The new chancellor followed these with a set of proposed tax cuts as well that would even further raise the borrowing needs for the UK. And look, this was a one-two punch, and it turned out to be too much for markets to stomach. On the day the budget was announced, the pound started to drop, the yield on gilt started to rise, and it's really hard to attribute it to anything else. Well, hold on a second. You mentioned the energy plan. That is the biggest part of the cost of the, of the total proposals, and that's not unique to the UK. These energy costs are being felt everywhere throughout Europe, and practically every European country is trying to shield their consumers from the massive rise in costs. Germany announced a new national gas price break. We've seen programs announced in 
France, Spain, Portugal, a number of others too. Everyone's trying to announce some form of support. And you know, just to keep in mind that what they're announcing, particularly in the UK, does not really involve a long-term increase in debt. Yes, you're right. The program is intended to be paid for upfront through new government borrowing. But in the long run, that government borrowing would be paid back through future levies on energy. I understand that all those details haven't been announced yet, but really what we're trying to do in the UK is to smooth the higher energy costs over several years, basically under the assumption that these prices represent the crisis that's happening. That crisis isn't going to last forever. So this isn't really like a straight up subsidy. Well, in principle, yes. But didn't Milton Friedman say that there was nothing so permanent as a temporary government program? I think bond investors should and will be skeptical about promises of future taxes or spending cuts. Yeah, well, that's fair, that's fair enough, Ajay. Fair enough. But regardless, I think that buffering the costs of the energy now is surely better than leaving consumers to absorb it all at once in terms of the overall economic impact on the UK. Right, but that's not all they are doing. The fact that the energy subsidy is coupled with the tax cuts, that's the problem. And as the energy crisis has worsened, the costs of that subsidy have grown. And it's it's the combination of the two that markets are saying the UK cannot afford. Okay, Ajay, the other issue with laying all of this at the feet of the new mini-budget is that this set of proposals was incredibly well telegraphed. Throughout the leadership contest, the new Prime Minister Liz Truss flagged her plans repeatedly. In fact, the only surprise in the whole set of proposals was the removal of the 45% tax bracket. But as you know, that was not a significant part of the overall cost, and it's since been reversed. Remember that the day before the budget announcement, the Bank of England raised interest rates by only half a percent, where the entire market was expecting three quarters of a percent, which was in line with what the U.S. Federal Reserve had done a few days earlier. Now, the Bank of England didn't move aggressively enough, which maybe raised the risk that inflation would stay elevated and force interest rates to have to go even higher in the future. Maybe the explanation for this volatility isn't so clean cut after all. Well, if that were the case, I would have expected a strong reaction on Wednesday evening and Thursday morning, right after the Bank of England meeting. But instead, if you look at it, the UK bond markets really started losing it from Friday after they digested Thursday's budget. Now, I, I know that these events are happen, happening in close proximity, but in the rates and FX world, markets move fast. It doesn't take a full day for news to get digested. I would also say, Ajay, that this seems to me like an overreaction from a purely fundamental point of view. You say that markets are questioning the ability of the UK to fund all of these proposals. But the UK has the second lowest debt to GDP ratio in the G7. I don't understand this. It seems to me it can afford this move, even unfunded. Investors will realize that debt will fall as a share of GDP in the medium term. I think markets maybe just got swept away during a period of illiquidity and the blame landed unfairly on the new government's budget. And as times pass, things calm down and we'll look back on this as a buying opportunity for UK assets rather than a big problem for UK markets. Jeff, even the IMF has come out and urged the British government to turn back its tax plans. They don't usually wade into developed economies. They haven't asked that of any other developed economy right now. The fact is, markets determine what is affordable, not analysts. And look, no offense to you or to me, but the market is showing its cards. And I'm worried that this is just the start of a period of severe UK volatility. Well, let's not forget, Ajay, that the government plans to announce spending cuts soon as well that will be paired with these tax proposals. That could seriously help turn sentiment. Yeah, but spending cuts are very difficult to push through in the UK right now. The government is one of the biggest employers. And for example, the previous chancellor, Chancellor Sunak, promised that benefits would rise with inflation. The government would have to walk back such commitments. It's a very difficult thing to do politically. 
Also, keep in mind that the Bank of England announced emergency measures to stabilize the market for UK government bonds. They are buying gilts right now in a period where inflation is surging and when they were actually planning to sell assets to try to keep inflation lower. Ultimately, under the hood, this is exacerbating the economic stress that the UK is already facing. Well, Ajay, my main objection to this narrative is that I believe this is still mainly a global issue, not a UK issue, and that the same trends are showing up everywhere. In the last year, we have seen massive dollar strength against the euro, the yen, basically any currency you could name, not just sterling. We've seen interest rates rise across the globe. As, as an example, the interest rate on 10-year government bonds have doubled from 1.1% to 2.2%. Just over the last month, the UK is far from the only country where there has been this kind of financial market volatility. Yeah, rates are higher everywhere, but not 1% in two days, not 3% in a month. That's just the UK. Sure, but it's also the case that the Bank of England is not the only central bank that's been forced to intervene in markets. We've seen several other examples of intervention that's working in ways counter to what the central bank would prefer to do to battle inflation. That is fair. We have seen interventions from the Bank of Japan to defend the yen, the RBI intervened to defend the rupee, and on Friday we heard that China was defending its currency too. So yes, that part is true. And the European Central Bank recently announced an anti-fragmentation tool. That's central bank speak for a program that's designed to stop the yields on some of the weaker European economies from rising too far. That sounds like intervention to me. Actually, it's very similar to the intervention that the Bank of England just did. The fact is that the global economy is struggling with the rise in inflation in general and with energy costs in particular. The U.S. economy is strong enough, certainly stronger than the other parts of the developed world, that in the U.S., the Federal Reserve can raise rates aggressively and battle inflation. But because the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, the dollar goes up in value against other currencies. That actually makes inflation worse abroad. So, for example, countries that have a weaker currency, things like energy and food cost more for them. And so that actually exacerbates their inflation problem. That is all true, Jeff. But look. Additional government stimulus in the form of a tax cut, that is what is a terrible idea right now. Remember, the COVID relief bill that President Biden passed is widely considered to be, have been a major source of the inflation being experienced in the U.S. this year. Poorly timed fiscal stimulus can do more harm than good. I think that the goal is to use the stimulus to buffer against the economic pain of higher rates. So let's keep in mind that the sensitivity of the UK economy to higher rates is quite elevated. So for example, the mortgage market in the UK has a much higher variable component. And as interest rates go up, house payments rise, maybe as much as 50 to 60% this year. Data came out recently that showed that UK home prices have stopped rising from July. That's for the first time in many years you have seen UK home prices not continue to increase. This could just be the beginning of the economic aftershocks of higher rates, and maybe this stimulus is well-timed to try to get ahead of that. Sounds like you're trying to have your cake and eat it too. The fact is, the rate hikes that are now needed will be more severe in the face of these tax proposals. Certainly, the market believes that. In the end, I, I do agree that the United Kingdom is in a tough spot. I agree that some of this spending, like the energy package, is necessary. But the goal should be to spend the minimum necessary and, and not to make underlying issues worse. Well, I also think that a lot of this is a near-term market move, which would maybe feeding off of itself to a certain extent. Remember, Ajay, that after all the excitement died down, the pound recovered a fair bit by late last week. Yeah, but only after the Bank of England did open-ended intervention, which it will continue until October 14th. What happens after that? Who supports the gilt market? And interest rates, remember, are now magnitudes higher than before the tax cuts were announced. 
Well, I also feel that there's a longer term issue here. The UK, of course, is no longer part of the EU. It needs to attract investment. It needs to find a way to compete as a smaller economy, lower taxes, less burdensome regulation. That's another area that the recent announcements have been focused on. It hasn't generated quite the same market reaction, but the UK is taking significant steps to reduce the regulatory burden. These aren't crazy paths towards achieving you know, a more stable long-term view for your economy. In the end, they need to give investors a reason to see the UK as an attractive place to put your money. You put in a weaker currency on top of that, all of a sudden, this whole package starts to look a lot better. Look, that is a nice theory, and I'm not saying it's wrong. It is worth debating as a long-run proposition. And I'm not complaining at all about the regulatory changes. I'm saying that the timing on the tax proposals seems to be really counterproductive right now in the midst of all the global economic pressures you mentioned. I hope I'm wrong, Jeff. I really do. But I worry that over the next few weeks, UK-specific market volatility will return, the currency will start dropping again, and bond markets will keep losing value, especially as we approach October 14th, when the Bank of England's purchase program is supposed to stop. I guess we'll find out soon enough which side wins out. In this case, I hope that you're wrong too, Ajay. Until then, though, clients can read our most recent research pieces on this topic by following hashtag UKTurmoil, available on Barclays Live. That's all for now from this Barclays podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the flip side. For more insights on this topic, clients can log into Barclays Live or find out more at barclays.com/cib.